has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. That's our heart's desire, never to be rebellious against God's word, but that the word will take its place in our life. Today, I want to speak about faith, which is a topic that I generally we talk about, but I don't talk about faith in particular. But it's important to talk about faith. So, but I titled this message, Labor for Faith. Labor for Faith. Uh, please understand the place of faith in Christianity. Because it's so important that we understand the place of faith. We have what they call the faith movement sometimes, and people say, well, I don't want to be in a movement like that. That's not what we're talking about right now. Christianity is called the faith. And you can read that in um, Romans chapter 1, verse 5. Christianity itself is called the faith. We call it Christians, but Paul called it the faith. Examine yourself and be sure that you are in the faith. So Christianity is called the faith. So faith is very, very important. Our righteousness is called the righteousness of faith. There is a righteousness for that fleshly righteousness, which is not accepted by God, which is by your own doing, your works, good works, but God says, all men, there is no good man. So the only righteousness we can have is called the righteousness of faith. That's the only righteousness that will get you to heaven. Your own righteousness, your own good works cannot get you to heaven because God has already declared, all have sinned. There is no good person. Romans chapter 3 makes this very clear. There is none that's good. That's including the preacher. There's only one righteousness that gets us into the very presence of God. And that righteousness is called the righteousness of faith. And you can find that in Romans chapter 10 verse 8. It's called the righteousness of faith. The word of God. Is called the word of faith. And you can find that in Romans chapter 10, verse 6, uh, uh, verse, I believe verse 8. The word of God is called the word of faith. Romans 10, verse 8. It's the word that we preach, which the word of God or the word of faith that we preach that in your heart and in your mouth. So the word of God is also called the word of faith. So faith is so important for the Christian. In other words, I think that God's wanting you to understand this is so crucial with regards to your relationship with God. If you are going to be a part of his family, this thing is so important. It's called the righteousness of faith. Our fight 
is also called the fight of faith. If you're saying, I don't know that we are in a fight, you don't have any understanding. Once you are born from the day, do you know why people, children cry once they're born? This this is trouble. (laughs) Because the beginning, they have to cry. We laugh and we're happy, but they're crying. (laughs) This is not going to be easy. That's the way life is. So there is a fight going on. There's war going on. Satan came down to make war against your life. And so God tells us there is a fight of faith. The the type of fight that we are in is the fight of faith. So when Satan comes against you, he doesn't care whether you die or live. All he wants to get out of you, your faith in God. He gives you so much trouble until you no longer trust God. You want to get, you want out. And people are asking questions. If there is a God, how come he allows it? That's what he wants. It's a fight of faith. God will not do anything with you except by faith. God's never pleased with you unless through faith. That's the only thing we are sure that pleases God. Faith in Him. In fact, uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 tells us, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must, must, must believe. He, if you're coming to God, you must believe. He is not going to pay attention to you if you don't believe. He who comes to God must believe. That God is. That's the first thing. You must believe that God is God. You have a choice not to come to God. That's up to you. He'll respect that. You, may, you will answer at the end, but he'll respect that. You may choose not to believe in him. That's okay. But a day is coming, you will answer for that. But if you know and you're coming to God, if you come in, God says you must believe. So faith is very important. You must believe that God is. And secondly, you must believe that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Labor. Labor. Those who diligently seek Him. So why are you here this morning? When we come to church, church, we come to worship. Most people, it's Sunday and I go to church. Really? What are you going to church for? You're going to the presence of the king of kings? I'm just going to his presence. For what? Did you prepare to go to his presence? If you're going to see the president, you're not going to prepare? What you're going there for? And what you hope to achieve by going into his presence? 
If you are going into the presence of a king, won't you prepare? He who comes to God, diligence, right? Won't you prepare? Won't you have certain things that you want to say to the king? Won't you concern yourself about whether he will receive you? Or if he will really notice you? You want him to notice you, right? Most people who go to kings, they come with a gift. Right? Even the wise men, no three wise men, wise men, they came to visit the king, born, king of the Jews. They came with a gift. They want to be noticed. You come diligently. We go to church. Why? What are you hoping to get from it? You got no expectation. You just went to church. They raised their hands, so I raised my hands also. That's all. We go to meet with God, to worship Him, and to ask for some things. He who comes to God must believe that He is. Believe that He will welcome you. You have to believe that He wants you in His presence. He was waiting for you. Believe. Because God loves everyone, right? He knows you personally. Probably more than, not probably, I know He knows you better than you know yourself. And He knew when you were making plans to come into His presence. He is happy to receive you. You came. Hello? That's why it's a good gospel. You came into His presence. You have to believe that He wants you there. He wants to see you. Also, He wants to know what you have to say. He wants to hear from you. He who comes to God must believe that He is. You have to understand and know your sins were on, were placed on Jesus Christ. Jesus took your sins and died for your sins. So you can come into His presence. You believe that, right? So you don't, you're not worried about coming into His presence because He has nothing against you. And if you don't have that sin forgiven, you can also come because He welcomes you. All He's asking, confess your sins, repent of it, and I'll forgive you. You're welcome. He's coming just like the prodigal son. The father was waiting for that prodigal son to show up. And when he saw the son come in, Jesus told us the story, he ran to welcome him. You must believe the same about God. That's what pleases him. There is no other way. You can fast all you want, even for 50 days. If you don't believe, you won't please him. That fasting did nothing. The fasting did nothing. And you can pray all you want and cry. Without faith, God's not moved by that. The only thing that moves God is faith in Him. Faith in His Word. That's the only thing that pleases Him. That's what the Bible tells us. He says it's impossible. Say it with me. Impossible. If you don't believe that God loves you. 
You can please Him. You see how simple that is? God wants you to believe that He loves you. And that pleases Him. And when you do that and you believe, that moves Him to act on your behalf. Because now you've taken all the obstacles of the way. He who comes to God must believe that God is. And there's nothing impossible with Him. When we come, we come to ask. Jesus said, up till now, I believe John 16 verse 24, up till now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask that you, and and He says, ask and you will receive. Ask and you will receive so that your joy may be full. So what does that say? Believe that God wants your joy to be full. Any other thing is a lie. If you believe any other voice, even your own voice, telling you God doesn't want you to be happy, that's a lie. That's coming from the devil. And God expects you to reject it. And come to God, believe that He is the God who wants you to be happy. Until you believe that, He's not pleased. Why? Because Satan has gone all over the world lying against God. Lying to people all over. For some, he says God doesn't exist. Others, he says he exists, but he doesn't even care whether you live. If he really cares, how come you got all these problems? And so we have all these lies. And Satan is a liar and the father of lies. We don't want to believe his lies. So we must believe that he is. We come to ask. I have things to ask from God. And if you don't have anything to ask for yourself, ask for me. Amen. If you're okay and you don't have any need to ask for yourself, please ask for me. Since you came to church wanting, expecting nothing for yourself, I want a lot. Pray for me. Ask for me. It's very important. You must believe that He is. Now, Psalm 47, verse 1 through 5, he says, this is so important. I, I want to go into this scripture a little bit. He says, clap your hands, all you people. Can we do that? Okay. For him. For him. For him. Clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with what? The voice of triumph, not the voice of sighing. And the voice of sorrow. The voice of pain. The voice of hopelessness. He says to shout to God with the voice of triumph, not discouragement. That's what God said. Clap your hands. All you people. Uh, which one of you here is not a person? If you raise your hand, we'll be praying for you. You're confused. <laughs> but all you people, shout to God with the voice of what? Triumph. That's the way God is. You must believe in God. He says, if you feel weak, say you are strong. Let the weak say, 
I am strong. But you have to believe God. You're feeling weak. And you want to say, yeah, I'm weak. But God said not to say that. So I'm going to trust that God is. And I'm coming to God. I feel weak. But I'm not going to say that. We we are not going to be politically correct with God right now, okay? You say what God says to say. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is a great king over all the earth. God telling us who he is. He will subdue the peoples on their earth. You know, us, Old Testament, the people around them, they were their trouble. They were their troubles. So what's God saying to us? God will subdue all your troubles under you. Can I hear an amen? When you shout to God with the voice of triumph, all your troubles, God will subdue under you. In the Old Testament, all the kingdoms around, they were always planning to give them trouble, to kill them, to take their land, to take their property, and all of that. Make life bitter for them. But when they shout to God with the voice of triumph, He subdues all their enemies under them. And the nations under our feet, he says. This is important. He will choose our inheritance. God is the one that chooses for me my inheritance. He will choose our inheritance for us. The excellence of Jacob, whom he loves. And God says, think about it. Think about it. You know, Satan has a plan for your life. He has things that he wants you to inherit. Usually, bitter life. He wants his plans to continue to unfold in your life daily. But as he plans, God has another agenda for your life. Amen. God is the one that chooses your inheritance for you. Can I hear an amen? Amen. That's the God we serve. No matter how hard the enemy plans against your life, he will not overpower God's agenda for your life. When God has a plan for your life and God has chosen your inheritance for you, no matter the ups and downs, just trust God trust God. You know, Herod thought to thwart the plans of God when Jesus was born, remember? He wanted to kill. He says, tell me where this king of the Jews, he knew the scriptures. He inquired, where is the Messiah going to be born? Can you imagine a man thinking he's going to put away God's plan? Something that has been planned from the foundation of the world. He was going to kill Jesus before Calvary. You can't succeed. He killed other people, but not Jesus. The plan goes forth. Amen? Your inheritance comes to you. But notice, he says God himself, he's the one that is going forth. He says, God has gone up with a shout. God is shouting and rejoicing over your life. While you are sitting down and doing this. 
who will we believe? God is excited about His plan for your life and His inheritance being unfolding, I mean unfolding in your life, but you got no clue. You have your head out. That's why He says, shout unto God with what? The voice of triumph. All things work together for good. The bad things and the good things, if you love God, they'll work for you. But you must believe that. He who comes to God must believe that all things, good or bad, they are working for your good. They are serving you and bringing you to God's inheritance for your life. You say, God loved Jacob. Amen? And he chose Jacob's inheritance for Jacob. And while everybody's languishing and farming, Jacob and his family, they are doing good. Amen? We don't live by the economy of the United States or the world. We have our inheritance chosen from God. But you got to believe that. You got to believe that. The scripture was very clear. Um, Matthew chapter 17, I believe verse 20. Um, Jesus was speaking to his disciples telling them if they can believe if you have faith he said as a mustard seed you say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move if you have faith as a mustard seed you say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. And he said, he added, and nothing will be impossible to God, or to you. Faith. Faith in God. Faith. Now in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, God, Jesus speaking to the Father, he says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible. Faith is the greatest force on earth today. There is no force that's greater than faith. The force of faith. And God's made that available to us. The least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist, who was the greatest in the Old Testament. But look at what Joshua did. Joshua looked at the son... He figured, I need some more fighting. And he spoke to the son, stay still. Till I'm through with fighting. In other words, earth, don't rotate, don't revolve. Hello. And we say, wow. That's, he was anointed of God. God was with him. No, God is in you. God was with him. God is in us. That's what the Bible said. And that's what Jesus was saying to us. We just will not believe it. If you can have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, remove. And Joshua spoke to the son. He had never read any scripture at that point. Amen. He just felt, I'm doing God's work and I need more daylight. And so he spoke to the son. And the son, the earth stood still. No revolving, no movement. The son stayed where it was. These things are recorded for our example. And God said, I recorded so you know. 
And Jesus has already told us, if you have faith as mustard seed, you can say. So the problem is, where will I get this faith? Labor is involved. Labor is involved. Labor is involved. I'm going to read this scripture. Hebrews chapter 4. Verse 2 through 3. 2 and 3. This is where we have the problem. It's not that God doesn't want to bless you. It's not that God doesn't see your trouble. We all go through difficult times. I go through them. But you will be seriously shaken if God's not involved in this. See what he says. For indeed, the gospel, the word of God, the word of faith. I heard somebody say, well, I don't believe this word of faith. You don't have any understanding. The whole Bible is the word of faith. Everything here is the word of faith. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. So the gospel was preached also to those of the Old Testament. They had their message from their prophets. It's the same situation today. You sharing the word of faith today. You sharing the word of God today that that problem that's plaguing your life, God can take it out of your life if you will only ask. And stay with God. No matter what it is, all things are possible. As long as you don't believe God, you will always have fear. And your fear attracts Satan. So his will is unfolded in your life, continues to unfold in your life. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word, notice what is it? The word of faith. The word they heard did not profit them. Because it was not mixed with faith. And those who heard it. What does that say to us? Every time God releases a word... You're supposed to profit from it. God just doesn't speak for himself. He has nothing to prove. He wants to do what's good. But the only way for him to reach us and to bless us is what? Through faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please him. The question is, how do I get, how do I get faith so I can please him? The word, the word that was spoken to them was not mixed with faith, so they didn't profit from the word. So when we go to church to hear the word of God, guess what we went to do? We went there to profit. If you're not excited, I am. <laughs> it's profiting. Your finances, your family, your marriage, your everything. Your children, everything. When you hear God's word, it's there for you to profit. That's what the scripture says. The word did not profit them, not being missed with faith in those who heard them. Who heard it. For he, we who have believed, have what? Entered into that rest. 
So there is something called that rest. Which God gives. And he says even though God has completed all of his work from the beginning. But God has reserved that rest where you're not afraid anymore. You know God's going to take care of it. So that's what it is. So if you go then to verse 11 of the same chapter, he tells us this. Let us labor. This is from King James. It says, let us labor therefore. Because of everything that I've told you, we need to labor to enter that rest. How did they enter that rest? By faith, by believing. We who have believed have entered that rest. So if I want to enter that rest, I must believe. But it involves labor in the word. We're coming to that. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. There is a rest from God for everyone living on the earth. And you and I can enter into that rest if we believe. Doesn't mean trouble won't come, but you know in whom you have believed. And you know that God who started a good work in your life will perfect it, complete it for the day of Christ. He's going to do that. You know, so no matter what the enemy throws at you, you know God is working something for my good. That's what happened to Joseph. Everything seemed like it was going down and further down. And then all of a sudden, all the way to the top. And the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let us labor. To enter into that rest. Why do I know? How do I know that this is a labor of faith? Because it tells us, lest any man fall after the same example of what? Unbelief. So my labor is to get rid of unbelief in my life. I got to labor. I'm going to make it very clear. Or clearer. In John chapter 6, Jesus had multiplied bread to feed thousands, 5,000 men, not counting the children and, and their moms. I'm sure probably over 10, 15,000 people there. You got a mom will probably have about two kids. Think about that. And everybody ate and they got so full, <laughs> there was so much left. Nobody wanted to eat anymore. And in their mind, this is it. We're going to keep Jesus with us and we don't have to go to work anymore. We got food and we're going to stay here. And, and, and then they, they got back there the next day and Jesus was gone. And it's like, oh my God, where did he go? We got to get him. We need this bread, okay? We got to eat. So they looked for Jesus and uh, they, somebody told them, he, he went across, he's on the other side now. Oh, that's good. Thank you, sir. We're going to get him. And they went along. And they found him and they said, hey, Master, when did you get here? We saw your disciples go, but how did you get to this place? And Jesus was clear. He says, you're not looking for me because you saw the miracles. You're looking for me because you, you, you ate bread and you were full. You want your tummy full and that's what you're looking for. Good. But then Jesus said this. Do not labor 
Notice what he said. Do not labor for the food which perishes, but for the food which endures to everlasting life. And don't notice what he says. I'll give it to you. But you got to labor. Right? I will give it to you. Which the Son of Man will give to you. But you got to labor. You got to labor. He says, because God the Father has set his seal on him. Now, this is where God is. Then they said to him, they wanted to lock into that labor, right? They wanted to lock in. Wow, that's it. We just have to labor. They, so they asked him, what can we do? There's always what you can do. And what God can do. What can we do to walk the works of God, they said. Tell us how to labor. The labor that you have said. What was Jesus' reply? This is the labor, the work of God. What is it? That you believe in Him. That's the labor. That's the labor. There is labor involved in faith. Just sitting down and not having anything to do with God's word, no faith, nothing from God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There is no other way. Stay away from God's word and there will be no faith. If you have a problem in a given area, go to that area in God's word where you need your faith built because that's the only way God will respond. It's through the word. There's labor involved. You just don't go to church when you feel like it. There is labor involved. Your prayers are to make the word of God to open up to you when you read. Because until you have light, you stay in darkness. It's not to pray so I can say, I'm a spiritual man because I pray. That doesn't make any sense. You pray but you're suffering. Your prayers are not getting answered. Why? You have no light. Revelation is what makes you free. And Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. You have no time for the word. How can you know the truth? You can't deceive God. He knows your heart. He knows you're playing games. And that's all over the land. People playing games. They just go to church... The pastor's sermon was good. What did he say? I can't remember, but he was good. You get today, we have no excuse. We should have strong faith. We should be able to say words and believe God's going to do it. We should pray for the sick and God will do it. All over, it's all over. You sit at home watching uh, the new television program while your brothers are in church worshiping God and then when you have problem you want faith forget it is it CSI that's the program your brothers are worshiping God you're watching watching CSI whatever at home and, and watching uh, the reruns that's 
there is labor involved. There's got to be a mindset. I want this. Because God will not give you anything that you don't want. If you don't want to go to heaven, God will protect that. Oh, yes. If you don't want to go, that's fine. He'll let you go where you want to go. That's up to you. He's not going to shout at you. He'll leave you. If you want to, whatever you want to do, He'll let you do. But you're going to give account one day. You don't hear any word. You don't listen to messages. They are all over. They are on the internet. You know, this message is not to come to you to come and preach a good time. I'm telling you, God's giving us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness. He's there on the internet. He's, he's in television, programs, books. All of it. Did you all know Paul read books? Yes. Apostle Paul had books. He said, bring me those books. He read. Study to show yourself approved. Study to show, not to preach. Show yourself approved of God that you deserve His blessing. There's labor involved. Don't labor for the food that perishes. That's why people, some Christians are in real trouble because they have no time for God. There is not a time if you told this book, that I'm preaching on this book today, there is not a time that you hold this book and take some time. Wake up even at night. Spend 30 minutes. You know the truth as it comes, jumps out of the page. And just that thing that burns inside of you, like the, those disciples on the way to Emmaus, it burns. But when God gives you a revelation, He stays with you for life. He stays with you for life. But you've got to want it. You know, in my own life, little life, by the grace of God, I've said it here, I just wanted to see a miracle. From the time I was a new Christian, I wanted to see a miracle. I really wanted. I wasn't even concerned about God doing a miracle through me. All I wanted to do was see God do something right in my presence. It went from that, I studied books. I can tell you the history of this new renewal beginning from uh, Azusa Street and all of that, and the different individuals involved. I know them. I wanted to know. I was was curious. But I wasn't wasn't expecting to, you know, receive that from God. But then God started telling me, you can do the same thing. I said, no, God, no, go talk to pastor. But not me. But the time came, and my wife still remembers, one morning I was sleeping, and I woke up that, that morning, we were living in Ryan Oaks, and my good morning to Angela, I believe I can open a deaf ear and make a dumb person to speak. And Angela looked at me and was like, what have you been eating? <laughs> Drinking or whatever. That was early in the morning. And she told me, she, she corrected me, and said, you can do it, God can do it. And I said, yes. That's exactly what I mean. God will do it. I've seen it happen. Deaf and dumb. Speak. I've seen it happen. Not one time. I've seen it a few times. But I looked into that. You can't do it. Now I'm going to close with this. This is very important. I'll close with this. I'm not coming back to this sermon. But I'll close with this. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. 
uh, beginning from verse 17. Notice what it says. That Christ may dwell where? In your heart. How? You think Christ dwelling in your heart? How? Through faith? If that's true, and I believe it is, uh, Satan will be scared of you every time he sees you. He sees Christ there. And he says, here comes trouble. Yeah. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. The only way Christ lives in your immense heart is by faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, because when Christ is living in your heart by faith, guess what happens? You will be rooted and you will be grounded in love. The commandments, both commandments will be fulfilled. Love God with all of your heart and your neighbor as yourself. You are grounded in love because Christ is living in your heart. How? By you believing it. Simple message. Simple, no real, it's not profound. But that's the truth. That's the only way he lives in your heart. And when that happens, then you are able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height. And then he says, this is what to do. To know the love of Christ that passes knowledge. Your mind cannot understand it. But the love is there. Amen. They curse you out, but you still love them. That's amazing. They are seeking to hurt you, but you still love them. And you're praying for them. And not just praying, you're praying from the heart for them. That's an amazing love. But that only comes when Christ is living in you by faith. By faith. Is living there by faith. That you may be filled with that love of Christ which passes knowledge. That you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Not all of the fullness of fear. God, He's so big. He can't, he can't occupy your heart and there's some other thing there. There's no room for anything. God and Satan, they can't live in the same heart together. There's not enough space. Amen? Can I hear an amen? amen. Love is living inside of you. Amen? But God is love. And there's no room for hate. There's no, he can't live there. And if you allow hate... God says the place is too small. I'm out of here. For you to have the fullness of God. The fullness of God. Now, to who? To Him. Who is able to do 
exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. According to what? There is a power working inside of you. You just don't know it. There is a powerful generator in all of you that I'm looking at right now. Generating light. Power. It's there. According to the power that is at work in you. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above. To who? To you? Who is able to do? No. To God. That's why we're missing it. It's not about you. It's not about your little dream. It's about what God can do through you. It's to Him. To Him. Dream it. Think it. Imagine it. And God says, I can beat that. Hello? But we have been conditioned to think little. I can't do that. I don't have the talent. God's not looking for your talent. He'll do it through you. If you are willing. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19. If you are willing and obedient, you eat the goods of the land. You just have to be willing. God's not asking for your wisdom. He's just asking for you to be willing and to believe in Him. He is able to do exceedingly to Him, not to you, not to your resources. He has all the resources. But He's working inside of you. Dream it. Say it with me. Dream it. Yes, dream. Dream. See yourself the way God sees you. Everyone who comes to God must believe. Some man said, if you're sick, until you see your sickness on, on, on Christ on the cross, you may never get healed because he took your infirmities. When you can see it on him and your imagination goes wild that he's already taken it from you, why you see it is already been transferred to him because it was slain from the foundation of the world and you get your healing. To him be glory. Amen? To him be glory. Where? In the church. Where is the church? This building? Where is the church? I'm looking at the church. Every one of you. God wants glory out of your life. You are a city set on a hill. Amen? You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Did Jesus mean what he said? He did. We just didn't believe. We just didn't believe. We come to him, but we don't believe. Our problems are so close to our face, we can't see anything else. Well, take your problems away and begin to see God. And discover that he's bigger than your problem. Amen? He's bigger than your problem. Today is a new day. Today is a new day for your life. And I want you to believe that. Today is a new day. Say it with me. Today is a new day for my life. Because Jesus is living 
in my heart by faith. He is. That's the truth that we need to know so that we're free. Amen? Bow your heads with me today. What do you want God to do for you? There was a blind man that was crying out to Jesus and everybody understood he wanted to be well. He wanted to see. He cried out. They told him to be quiet and, but he won't listen. He wanted, he wanted his healing. He cried out the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, call him, call him. And people said to him, he's calling for you. Basically, your troubles are over. He's calling for you. And the guy was so happy, he went to Jesus and was shocked at the question Jesus asked him. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want from God today? First thing everybody must want from God forgiveness. Amen? I, we all need forgiveness from God. And if you don't know Christ, you need to turn your life over because He created you for Himself. We need that forgiveness. All heads bow. You're here this morning. Maybe you received Christ sometime before because the Bible tells us as many as receive Him, He gave the rights. You have to be given the right to be a son of God or child of God. You don't just have the right to be until that right is given to you. You only have that right when you ask and acknowledge Jesus and ask to have him in your life. If you're here this morning and you want Jesus to be a part of your life, or you received him before but you're not walking with him, you want to be closer to God so that his will upon your life will unfold then you want to talk to him today at the count of three let me see your hand up one two three put your hand up if that's you thank you thank you thank you i see those hands thank you i'm glad that you guys are serious please be serious we're dealing with an almighty god he's here with us today Please open your eyes before we pray. If you raised your hands, heaven saw that. And please be sincere with God. What I need you to do, there is a part of this uh, connection card. We're going to be taking our offering soon. There's a part that says, my decision today. Let God read your decision today. Amen. Put Check it there and put it in the offering bucket. And uh, we'll send you something in the mail to, to help you with your work. We have a new convert class. Somebody's teaching to help. Now you can bow your head and we'll pray. Okay. <laughs> Close your eyes. Let's pray. Especially those that lift up their hands up. Wanting God in their lives. You did a good thing. And God wants to do a mighty work in your life. Let's all pray together. Heavenly Father. Please say it like you mean it. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for my sins. God, I confess my sins to you today.
And I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me from all of my sins. Write my name in your book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you into my heart right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you said that prayer and you meant it from your heart, I can guarantee you this based on God's word. God knows you now as his son, his daughter. Secondly, there are angels, according to Hebrews chapter 1, that have been assigned to your life. Your guardian angel will be with you until the day you depart this earth or Jesus comes. So God is with us. Amen? We're going to be closing after we've received our offering. But if you're sick in the body, please come up. We want to pray for you. Whatever your need is, please come up. We're going to pray for you. We're going to be receiving our offering. Last week I said this, and please listen to me. It's pretty close. Very, very important. Tithing. That's the only way God has set aside to support His work on earth. God has a business on the earth. And we are, as children of God, we are involved in that business. Let me say this to you. I I heard it from a, a, a man of God. One of the key men of God we have in the world today. He says this, and I said it last Sunday. If you are not a tither, you will end up a beggar.